Chapter Sixteen of The Lark by E. Nesbitt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. I think, said Jane in a small flat voice, that I would rather go before he comes. Before who comes? Mr. Rochester was laying the keys out on the table one by one in a row. Your uncle. But he isn't coming, said Mr. Rochester, still intent on the keys. Why can't people use key rings? These were on a cord, and it's broken. They were all in a certain order. Only two labelled A and B, the rest on suite. A silly game. No, he's not coming. He's going to Tibet. There's a Buddhist manuscript there that he must see or perish. So he's gone to see it. But I've got a letter for you from him. You can post it to us, said Lucilla, in a voice smaller and flatter than Jane's. No need for that. I'll give it you in half a minute. I'm only trying to remember how these things go. My dear girl, he ended in a quite changed voice. Whatever is the matter? Oh, nothing, said Jane, now sufficiently recovered to bristle defensively. Everything's for the best in the best of all possible worlds, as Marcus Aurelius said, didn't he? Only those unexpected things do rather take your breath away. I dare say our new gardener can take down the board. I don't mind in the least, she went on, and she was now indeed a little breathless. But I must say I think it would have been better to have let us alone and not let us begin to work here and hope and plan things, and then spring this on us. She walked to the window and stood looking out at the cedars, which looked to her eyes twisted and rainbow-rimmed springing what asked rochester in complete bewilderment tell me what but jane could find no voice to tell him what springing what he asked again what you told us said lucilla in a sort of faint timid growl and then she too became speechless and turned to the other window and gazed out at the gates and the board also to her prismatically coloured but i haven't told you anything yet rochester protested four eyes bright with unconcealable tears turned on him astonished reproach the bewildered young man was quite overcome he gazed from lucilla to jane his heart experienced a twinge at sight of lucilla's brimming eyes but when he saw the dejected droop of jane's head he lost his own ah don't he said in a voice of extreme tenderness and he took two steps and put his hand over Jane's hand, which lay on the window-ledge. Please, please don't. I must have been incredibly stupid. I don't know what I've done, but— Will it be believed that Mr. Dix chose this exact moment to appear at the glass door and ask cheerfully where the wheelbarrow was kept? He looked very handsome, though. His classic brow was dotted with beads of sweat, and his blue shirt— open at the neck and rolled up as to the sleeves accentuated the blue of his eyes he spoke with perfect respect of course but it was the respect of the young man to the woman who is his social equal not the respect of the gardener to his employer i can't find the wheelbarrow anywhere he said we hid it behind the laurels said lucilla in case of burglars we couldn't get it into the shed i'll show you and felt herself being tactful. 
the spectacle of mr rochester laying his hand on jane's and jane not whisking her hand abruptly from this unusual contact until mr dix's voice was heard at the door made lucilla extremely anxious to get away somehow from the garden-room but jane also appeared anxious for flight no i'll go she said and was out of the door like a flash who's that asked mr rochester when she was gone mr dix he was going to be our gardener oh said mr rochester coldly why only was well we don't need a gardener at hope cottage and since we're not going to go on here oh said mr rochester slowly i begin to see well it's no use my trying to remember what i said something more than usually idiotic i suppose but what i came down to say was this my uncle is so charmed with the panelling and the tea and you and miss quested and everything that he's changed his mind completely he says you can have the whole of cedar court to do exactly as you like with no restrictions only in return he wants to have hope cottage kept exactly as it is not let but kept as it is just as it is no one to live in it like a museum more like a sacred relic of the past i don't understand said lucilla but then i don't understand anything this morning let me go and tell jane just a minute said mr rochester who is this mr dix a friend of ours said lucilla cautiously known him long asked mr rochester though of course i've no earthly right to ask no said lucilla with some spirit i don't think you have any earthly and a gloomy silence fell between them the young man broke it by a laugh that was not very merry why he said this is like a nightmare i couldn't sleep last night literally and actually i couldn't sleep for thinking how frightfully pleased you'd both be and now you're quarrelling with me and she's gone off crying with that dixie fellow and everything's about as damnable i beg your pardon but it really is as it can possibly be well said lucilla it's no use making it worse by being silly of course jane and i both wanted to go off and look for the wheelbarrow anything to get away from you you don't suppose we enjoyed standing and snivelling at you like silly hysterical schoolgirls do you look here said mr rochester about that man dix or whatever his wretched name is well what about him don't be prickly do tell me about him all right i will we made his acquaintance at madame tussaud's and and we asked him to tea jane asked him to be our gardener and now what about it you mean to say you just met him like that you don't know anything about him no more than we knew about you when we asked you to tea now look here mr rochester we like you very much as a friend but we aren't going to have you as a duenna yes i dare say i'm vulgar but there it is we choose our own friends you oughtn't to forget that we chose you and you can't expect us to go through life without any friends except you and you can't expect us not to have a gardener and do think what a much better number four is than three for tennis 
that's true he admitted thoughtfully if i knew you well enough to ask a favor but you do you do then i should ask you to be very nice to mr dix there's every reason why you should look here mr rochester i'm beginning to understand what you said just now if we're really to have cedar court this is our day of days the birthday of our life and we're spoiling it with silliness put the black dog up the chimney fie fie unknit that angry threatening brow and tell me i'm not dreaming and that your uncle really is the angel you said he was are you going to be nice are you he was smiling by this time how eloquent you are he said i've never heard you say so much at once since i've known you i'm never eloquent when jane's there said lucilla she does it so much better than i do and you will be nice i'll do anything you like i'll even try to admire your far too admirable gardener please forgive me and let's enjoy the day of days mr dix will have to be allowed to enjoy it too she stipulated out of working hours he urged if he's a gardener let him jolly well garden and now she said smiling as april smiles let's go and find jane and tell her monday's early closing day at least it ought to be we'll lock up the shop and be free for happiness they found jane on the stone seat in the nut walk at the far end of the garden on the way mr rochester noted with some satisfaction that the gardener was jolly well gardening he had his wheelbarrow and was pitchforking weeds into it with due energy mr rochester thought he had never seen anything so satisfying as the light of half-incredulous joy that shone in jane's eyes when lucilla without any beating about the bush broke out with it's all right jane it's the exact opposite of what we thought we're to have all cedar court my dear and do just what we like with it you're not not joking jane asked afraid to take this new joy in her hands joking said lucilla not much it's dreamlike but it's true mr rochester's got the keys let's go now this very minute and see all over everything oh yes said jane oh who would have thought my blundering down those stairs that day would have led to this if people only knew what results you get there wouldn't be enough stairs in the world for all the people who'd be tumbling over each other to tumble down them said lucilla you're wandering dear said jane oh mr rochester is it really true as true as taxes said mr rochester and so led by mr john rochester who by a curious coincidence had on boots as new as mr dix's boots that creaked too they explored the house it was they both felt a great moment those trembling joys of their first furtive raid on cedar court those breathless glimpses those hurried peeps at forbidden treasures of cabinet and banner screen these surely would be as nothing compared with the mature joy of this absolutely lawful exploration they went over the house no longer now were shutters opened a mere reluctant inch 
by fumbling feminine fingers but flung fully back by the strong hand of a benevolent authority the treasures of furniture and hangings of picture and ornament which just glimpsed in twilight had remained less a subject for memory than the seeds of romantic imaginings now came forth out of the shadows boldly solidly with all their correct curves and angles their definite periods their declared colours and unconcealed textures to the early survey the place had seemed a dream mansion a place with a spell on it like the castle of the sleeping beauty or the old brewery where miss havisham walked in her ghostly bridal satin and dusty bridal flowers seen now by daylight the may sunshine streaming unhindered through the dusty panes with mr rochester's new boots creaking on its obvious carpets it was just like a house like any other house rather a big house furnished in a rather old-fashioned style even the front rooms whose boarded windows still denied the light seemed not very mysterious only dark and dull rather a big house it was a very big house a neglected big house a very charming place to dream dreams about when all that one knew was its pleasing outside shell and the romantic suggestion of its half-seen dusky interior but a house to live in a house to use and make useful as they went through room after room the spirits of the girls sank lower and lower and when they came to the laundry and still room and butler's pantry the house had come to seem less a paradise than a problem the girls became more and more silent and mr rochester who never voluble had now almost the whole weight of the conversation on his shoulders felt a growing conviction that his uncle's generosity had conferred not a benefit but a white elephant don't you he said when they had been through all the rooms and stood at last on the doorstep don't you like it oh yes they both said but quite without conviction of course we like it jane said very much thank you of course said lucilla End of chapter 16